Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This game, the rematch. Gamecocks and Vols. Ever since the clocks hit zero at Williams-Brice Stadium, and you and I and many others rushed the field at Willie B, Tennessee fans have been looking forward to this one. I mean, we've literally been talking about this since early January, that Vol fans were coming for blood. The revenge factor. Winning by 50 is not enough. You know, we've we've heard the, the chatter of Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer and the, you know, the feelings these two coaches have for each other, especially on the Tennessee side of things. You take it back to SEC media days, guys. When we heard from Tennessee folks that if there's one coach that Josh Heupel wants to beat this year, it's Shane Beamer. If there's one team he wants to beat this year, It's South Carolina. You think about the mood of this volunteer fan base. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is we talk about the rematch. The way that South Carolina, Tennessee, has truly evolved into a really, really fun rivalry, right? It's turned into a really fun rivalry because these two fan bases, these two teams, these two programs – can not stand each other. Go to Vol Twitter or Gamecock Twitter for five minutes and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. The emotion, the energy, right? When it's Gamecocks in Tennessee, like you don't need the extra storylines. The blood's pumping in this one. Like the energy is there. But last year added that extra bit of, bit of juice, if you will. Tennessee coming into Willie B, three touchdown plus favorites, and the Gamecocks doing the unthinkable. Tennessee has been licking their chops for revenge since that game took place last November. Does it play a factor in this game? Is it just something for the fans? Does it mean anything when we're talking about the play on the field when these two teams square off? Can South Carolina, believe it or not, Use it against Tennessee. Because the way I view Tennessee, guys, this is a fragile fan base and a fragile football program. Sitting at 2-1 and one right now, 3-1 and one, I should say, this is a fragile fan base and a fragile football program. Already lost to Florida earlier in this season. A loss to the Gamecocks. And you're going to watch those in orange and white crumble. 
Now, on the flip side, a game like this can galvanize said fan base and program. You go out, play your best ball, put it all together in front of the home crowd, and all of a sudden, Tennessee's back on track for a nine or maybe even ten win season. But I think South Carolina can use this whole revenge factor and the mood of the Tennessee fan base to their advantage. You go out and punch the balls in the mouth early. Get up 7-0, 14-0. All of a sudden, you hear whispers for Nico. All of a sudden, you hear whispers of, oh, man, maybe Josh Heupel's not the guy. Maybe we're not back like we thought. I think the Gamecocks can use that, the emotions of this game, to their advantage, the balls are not careful on Saturday night. Now, when we move on the field, talking specifically on the field, the best quarterback and wide receiver duo in college football look to do it yet again. Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett. It, feel like, it feels like we all keep waiting for these guys to show that they are human, right? And to be fair, you know, I think Georgia did a good job of limiting Xavier Leggett and what he was able to do in that football game, and there's been no defense that's held the Gamecocks down like what Georgia did, I think, at Sanford Stadium, which will make sense, right? One of the best defenses in all of college football. But this is a favorable matchup, right? Spencer Rattler going back up against Tennessee. Who can forget what happened last year, him throwing for over 400 yards in this football game? Six touchdown passes against Tim Banks and that Vol defense. Just shredding Tennessee's secondary. What does he do for an encore? Ironically enough, Xavier Leggett was not a huge factor in that game last year, guys. It was a lot of Juice Wells, a lot of Jalen Brooks, a lot of Josh Van, some Jaheim Bell, some Juju McDowell, even some Takarion Joyner. Wasn't a lot of Xavier Leggett, though. And you know that he's... He is antsy at the opportunity, looking at that Vols secondary and, and the way that the passing game has worked against the Volunteers, especially with what the Gamecocks did last year. And you wonder, too, how much of the game plan from last year comes into this one. Either way, though, when you got a quarterback like Spencer Rattler playing the way that he is, and you got a weapon on the outside like a Xavier Leggett, that is a great place to start in a ball game that I think most of us expect to be a high-scoring back and forth affair. So can Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett keep up their hot play? Because the Gamecocks guys, it goes without saying, they have to have them and have them playing at just as high a level, if not even a higher level than what we've seen to this point, if South Carolina is going to go in and pull the upset. Now, we've talked a lot about balance, playing complementary football. Mario Anderson looks to build off of his breakout performance against Mississippi State. And I know some will scoff and laugh and say, Chris, he didn't even rush for 100 yards. He didn't even hit four yards per carry. But guys, when you look at the Gamecocks rushing attack and the struggles they had had at that point, what Mario Anderson did should be applauded. There's no debate who should get the bulk of the carries. There's no debate who should be RB1 going in this game. I am very anxious to see, does South Carolina do the obvious? Do they make Mario Anderson RB1? Do they give him 20-plus carries and give him the majority of the carries at minimum between the 20s? Because 
Shane Beamer's comments saying that Montario Hardesty has the call, they didn't exactly make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I don't know about you guys. Either way, though. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mario Anderson going up against the Vols defense that we've heard all about the front seven, how improved they are this season. And the numbers would reflect that, right? Their front seven has done a great job not just getting after the quarterback, but slowing down the running game as well. But we saw Florida have massive success against Tennessee rushing the football. Be the more physical team up front. And when you've got a physical player like a Mario Anderson, it's not about popping off 75-yard touchdown runs, guys. It's not about me. Because make no mistake, this is not going to turn into a run-first offense overnight. I don't think it's going to turn into a run-first offense at any point this season. But you can't overstate how great of an advantage it is having a guy like Mario Anderson, who can grind out tough yards, give you four or five yards a pop, even just three or four, just to give that semblance of balance so that your offensive attack can operate. What does Mario Anderson do for an encore? And does he continue to grow into and flourish in the role that is RB1? We've talked a lot about it, guys, this week. Who steps up offensively? Who else, I should say? Because South Carolina is not just going to win this football game with Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett. Somebody else has got to be that guy. We just mentioned Mario Anderson at the running back position. But specifically talking tight ends, other wide receivers. Because you got to think Tim Banks in Tennessee, they're going to look at South Carolina and say, okay, we got to double 17. Like, we got to take 17 away as much as possible. Make Spencer Rattler go to somebody else to beat us. The question is, who is that somebody else? Is it Trey Knox? Does he build off of by far his best game in Garnet and Black that he had against Mississippi State? Is it an Eddie Lewis? Is it an Amarian Brown? Is it a Nick Harbor who finally breaks out? Is it an Omega Blake who's been really good for South Carolina? Is it a youngster like Tyshawn Russell? This is a game in which South Carolina is going to have to score and score often. And so it's going to take more than just one or two guys to walk into Neyland Stadium at night and win this football game. You know Spencer Rattler is going to be there. You know Xavier Leggett's going to be there. But who's going to be the other guy? 
who's going to be the other playmaker that steps up? Because you're not beating Tennessee with just one or two guys. It's got to be a complete team effort on the offensive side of the football. And I know last week was a great step in the right direction. But you've got to continue to disperse the football and get more playmakers involved. Because at some point, and maybe it's this weekend, maybe it's not, but at some point a defense is going to make it a priority to take 17 away. Who do you go to when that happens? It all starts up front, guys, both offensively and defensively, sticking with the Gamecocks' offensive front. As I've mentioned to you all before, the youth movement on the offensive line was the was absolutely the right play by Shane Beamer and Lonnie Teasley, and it's paid off major dividends, right? We've already seen Big Tree Babalade come into his own on the left side of that offensive line. Trovon Bow has played meaningful snaps and played well. And South Carolina has just completely revamped their offensive line from what we saw early in the season. Well, this group faces their stiffest test yet. Because while I also called for the youth movement up front, I also told you guys this. Playing freshmen on the offensive line in the SEC typically is not a recipe for success. And it can backfire on you in a hurry, especially when you're going up against a pass rush like Tennessee presents and you're at that place at night dealing with the crowd in a hostile environment. Now, I know this team has played in Sanford Stadium. I totally get that. This team has been in big-time atmospheres and been on the road before, but I think we can all admit what they're going to experience Saturday night under the lights at Neyland is going to be a different environment and a different atmosphere. Tennessee, one of the best in college football, getting after the quarterback. South Carolina has struggled to protect Spencer Rattler. Guys, even in last week's win, Mississippi State got to QB1 four times. As I've mentioned many times, and I'll say it again, the only thing that can knock Spencer Rattler out his groove and out this zone that he's in is if if he's under constant pressure, is if he's under constant duress. South Carolina has to make sure that they are keeping QB1 upright. Something else, guys, I didn't even have in my notes, but just came to my mind. I think a big storyline in this one, speaking of QB1, speaking of the offensive line, because I think Spencer Rattler with the last couple of weeks, something we've seen, you know, we all knew what he was capable of, throwing the football, right? Downfield passing game, that is his strength, that's his forte. But the way Spencer Rattler has been using his legs, to me, has been really impressive. I don't think anybody would sit here and say that Spencer Rattler is fast by any means or he's a he's a burner or blazer, what have you, but like he's quick enough. He's got enough wiggle in the pocket to get outside the pocket. When he gets outside the pocket, he's a guy, he doesn't run to run, he runs to throw. What I mean by that, he keeps his eyes downfield as he's on the run, and we've all seen him guys deliver strikes. He's great throwing the football on the run. But guys, even, even just last week, We saw a design keeper for Spencer Rattler. Now, you want to limit those play calls because you don't want to put QB1 in harm's way, obviously. But I think what's not being talked about enough is the way that Spencer Rattler has been using his legs. How he's been using his legs to to get South Carolina maybe out of some bad situations. Get that key first down on the third and long. And guys, we all know, we've seen it before. It is demoralizing to a defense, when you are able to get outside the pocket, nothing's there, scramble, and get the first down anyways. 
Spencer Rattler has done such a great job of that. And that's how you know, too, this is a guy playing in full control. The game is slowed down for him. It's slowing down. He's seeing the entire field. He's seeing what's there. He's not making an unnecessary throw. He's not throwing South Carolina into trouble. If it's not there, he's taking what he can get. And so, again, in a game in which, you know, I think Tennessee is going to be aggressive. I think they're going to send pressure. If Spencer Rattler is able to beat them with his legs, all of a sudden, you bring a brand new dynamic in this football game and something that Tennessee has to account for. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Guys, as we move to the other side of the football, the question is first this. What's the status of Joe Milton? And sticking with that, is it fair to call this a make-or-break game for his future under center in Knoxville? We've heard about Joe Milton took a hit in the UTSA game, uh, I think on the knee or the leg, what have you. We actually talked to our Tennessee guys this week and asked about Joe Milton. He said, Chris, I expect him to play, but with Josh Heupel, you just never know. And there's been some gamesmanship from Heupel about, hey, is Josh Heupel, excuse me, is Joe Milton 100%? He's going to play. He said, I expect him to play well. He didn't give credence to whether he was 100% or whether he, the injury is still lingering. He said, I just expect him to play well. So what is the status of Joe Milton? This is a guy we saw reel off an 81-yard touchdown run. 
to open the game against UTSA. Is his running ability limited because of that? Do we see him hobbling around, right? Nobody's 100% right now, don't get me wrong, but is it something where it's a significant injury? And he's not quite the guy that he's been to this point. And then also for Joe Milton, because the guy that he's been to this point, here's the thing. You look at Joe Milton's numbers, guys. He's been solid. I mean, Joe Milton hasn't been bad. He, he didn't lose them the Florida game, but he's not making the plays that Hendon Hooker made. And that's why Tennessee fans are so up in arms and are so upset. He's not making those plays, right? There's been some big-time misses on downfield shots and, and plays that, again, Tennessee last year would have made. If things go south, especially early for Joe Milton, we see the South Carolina secondary get an interception or two off of him. Does a Tennessee crowd that was once so focused on beating the Gamecocks and getting revenge, do they all of a sudden turn their attention, their vitriol, and their their anger, their angst to Joe Milton, to Josh Heupel? And the quarterback situation. As we spoke on earlier, guys, I think it's a very fragile fan base where if things go south early, this thing could spiral the other way and the Gamecocks could take advantage. But again, for Joe Milton, huge game. What's his status? What's the health of the Vols QB1? And if things do go south early, is Joe Milton going to be able to bounce back and combat that and maybe fight even some of the boo birds that might come out at Neyland Stadium? Guys, sticking defensively, can an improved front seven slow down the ball's ground game? Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, the three-headed monster back there for Tennessee. And again, guys, we've talked all week. They love, love to run the football. Make no mistake. Tennessee loves to run the football. When we talk about getting Tennessee, quote-unquote, off schedule, how do you do that? You stop the run in the early downs. Because when Tennessee's offense is clicking, when Tennessee's offense is operating like a well-oiled machine, they're getting six or seven yards a pop on first down, guys. We saw it at times last year because, I mean, Tennessee scored 38 points, right? They were going up and down the field as well. And when they get six or seven yards a pop and they got that up-tempo going, and <clears throat> that offense is really, really hard to stop. Especially once your defense gets gassed and, your defense gets on their heels, and if Tennessee can run the football, South Carolina has no chance. That front seven, I think, go guys, over the last couple of weeks has taken some steps forward. There have been some really encouraging signs from that front seven. You know, last week, obviously, a historical night for Will Rogers, and we'll get to the secondary in just a second. But, guys, if you would have told me right now that South Carolina was going to be top half of the SEC in rushing defense, I would have thought the Gamecocks were easily 3-1 and one, or probably primed to go win eight or nine games. So it's nice to see South Carolina be able to slow down a rushing attack. It's nice to see South Carolina be able to, to get a push up front. And it's simply put, God, it's just, some, it's just some guys that we've talked about a lot are finally coming into their own. Guys like T.J. Sanders, Alex Huntley playing the best ball of his career, Tonka Hemingway being himself, Jordan Strawn, finally coming back in a form last week. And you slowed down Woody Marks, but the challenge is even greater this week with that three-headed monster, and you know Tennessee is going to want to establish the running game early. 
Also at the linebacker position, you need the best from Debo Williams, Stone Blanton, Bam Martin Scott, and yes, even Grayson Puff Howard in this football game. You've got to find ways to slow down the Vols ground game. Now, as I mentioned, the secondary. Simply put, guys, what adjustments does South Carolina make in that regard? Because you know that Josh Heupel, Joe Milton, Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, Ramel Keaton, that entire offense, they're licking their chops, man, after what they saw this week on film. They are licking their chops after what they saw happen to South Carolina, what Will Rogers and Mississippi State did. And no, Joe Milton is no Will Rogers, make no mistake. But if those opportunities are there, guys, if they're there often enough, Tennessee's probably going to cash in a couple of times. What adjustments are there? You obviously cannot let Tennessee exploit mismatches the way Mississippi State did. And I don't know, guys, that Tennessee really has a, a Tulu Griffin on their roster, right? Brew McCoy's a solid player. Romel Keaton's a solid player. Uh, Squirrel White, solid. So, like, they've got solid guys. I don't think they have a Jalen Hyatt like they had last year, who, again, was a historical player. Those five touchdown catches against Alabama, absolutely absurd. But do we see South Carolina secondary have a bounce-back game, or is this something that it's going to be a problem and South Carolina has to deal with? Big opportunity for guys like Marcellus Dialo, Donnell Fortune. Nicky Minwari's got to have a better game, right? We talked about the matchup between he and Joe Milton. He's got to play better, bottom line. There can't be miscommunication because this is a very similar situation, right? Tennessee runs the football more effectively than Mississippi State did. Look at the numbers. They back that up. Tennessee runs the football more effectively. And South Carolina went in that game last week. Okay, let's sell out on the run. Let's creep up. Let's cheat. And then you got beat over the top. You cannot make that mistake again. The Gamecocks have got to be able to slow down the rushing attack with that front seven and let the secondary work. Because if your safeties are cheating up, you're playing cover zero, you're playing cover one, Tennessee's going to have a freaking field day, man. They're going to do everything they can to exploit that and beat you over the top. Joe Milton, we've all heard about the arm strength and we're tired of hearing it, but you simply cannot get into a position where they're getting favorable matchups on the outside because Joe Milton does have the arm strength to make you pay. Guys, we talked about this last week. Beamer ball. It's in a bit of a funk right now, right? Failed two-point conversion last week. Had the procedure penalty on the field goal. You know, nothing really notable at this point from Kai Kroger. Mitch Jeter's been solid. He had that one miss, but overall has been good for you. But we still just have not seen Beamer Ball make the big plays that we were so accustomed to seeing over the first two years of the Shane Beamer era. And you think about what the recipe is. You know, this isn't Georgia, right, guys? South Carolina's not a four-touchdown underdog. It's not like some insurmountable thing where the stars have to align to pull an upset. But when you talk about going on the road at night in the SEC as a double-digit underdog, if you want to pull the upset, hey, one of the great ways to do so, guys, and maybe make up for it in a game that, you know, maybe Tennessee's more talented than you. Maybe they're a little bit better than you across the board. You know how you can negate that? Big play on special teams. A blocked punt. A blocked field goal. Whatever it might be. A kickoff return. Whatever it is. We just have not seen that to this point. And you know that Tennessee is going to make it a priority, right? They're pretty good at special teams on their own front. They got some They got some lethal return guys. They can beat you in special teams also. 
That is a facet of the game, I think, for South Carolina to go into Neyland and pull this upset. They've got to win in the special teams department. South Carolina has got to find ways, creative ways, whether it's fakes, whether it's – and be strategic with it, right? Don't just go for two to do it. Don't go for two in situations that it doesn't make sense. But being able to utilize special teams, winning that facet of the ball game to make up some ground, right? Most times you only need to win two of three facets to win a football game. You win the special teams facet, you go ahead and steal that one, well, it's going to make your path to an upset on the road in the SEC much, much easier. I think South Carolina has to have Beamer Ball on Saturday night. I've mentioned it many times, guys. As you can tell, it's a factor for me. The hostile road crowd playing at Neyland on the road at night, all black jerseys, Tennessee fans coming for blood. Listen, I'm not trying to make this more of a thing than it is. But all of the reasons that I felt good about South Carolina last week, you're at home at night, the crowd's behind you, good things will happen, this crowd will will you to a victory. All of those things are now going against South Carolina. And in a lot of these 50-50 SEC matchups, guys, that's how I look at this game, 50-50 matchup. No matter what Vegas says, I see this as a toss-up. In these 50-50 games, that home field advantage and being under the lights, it can make all the difference. To win on the road in the SEC in a hostile environment, guys, you can't just play well. You've got to take it a step further. Like, you've got to play that much better on the road to win a game like this. Tennessee, it will not be a comedy of errors. The Gamecocks are going to get Tennessee's best shot. Make no mistake. South Carolina can very well win this football game, but it won't be because Tennessee went out there and pissed down their leg. It won't be because Tennessee went out there and vomited on themselves. It'll be because the Gamecocks went out there and won the football game. They snatched victory from Josh Heupel, Joe Milton, and that Tennessee crowd. Because at home, at night, in Neyland, you can bet your ass you're going to get the best version of Tennessee. That's not to say it can't be done, but that's what South Carolina has to overcome. And finally, guys, on that note, this is an opportunity of epic proportions for South Carolina, guys, and a huge game not just for this season, but I think this program moving forward as well, guys. You talk to any Gamecock fan, and, I, you know, I, I think it's – I think fans and every fan base feel this way, that their team is – is hated or disrespected or we get no love nationally, what have you. Guys, you want to get love nationally? You want to see South Carolina start to get to or start to get the the accolades and the preseason hype and the preseason buzz like a Tennessee got over the last couple of years? Go out and beat them. Go out and beat them. Put together a winning streak. And oh, by the way, we all know this is the last time these two teams will play for the foreseeable future. Because of the scheduling changes, the expansion with Texas and Oklahoma, right? There will be no South Carolina-Tennessee game in 2024. This might be your last shot for a little bit. Fairly or unfairly, guys, because many will look at the series record. 
the overall record Tennessee has dominated. But you look since 2010, this thing is dead even. I can make a very strong argument that in modern college football, Tennessee's not a better program than South Carolina. But fairly or unfairly, history matters. Tradition matters. Brand matters. And so in this series, here's how it works. Carolina has to string together two or three or four in a row for people to say, you know what? South Carolina has passed Tennessee as a football program. They've officially done it. And that's what the Gamecocks did back when Steve Spurrier was the head coach. But for Tennessee guys, all they've got to do is beat South Carolina one time. God forbid they make it back-to-back. Because in people's minds, again, fairly or unfairly, don't shoot the messenger, but in people's minds from the national perspective, well, of course Tennessee's a better program than South Carolina. Tennessee's won the SEC before. Tennessee's won a national title. Doesn't matter when it happened. The fact of the matter is, it happened. Tennessee used to dominate South Carolina. Like, of course Tennessee's a better program. Shane Beamer is fighting a battle every single day to change the culture, to change the perception of his program. And it can't be overstated how far a win in Knoxville would go when it feels like the chips are stacked against you, you're a double-digit dog, people are expecting Tennessee, this Tennessee football is back, they're going to get their revenge on the Gamecocks. South Carolina goes into Neyland, shocks the balls, and all of a sudden... Gamecocks football can reclaim their status of being ahead of Tennessee as a football program. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.